Hey, warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast, where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right, all right. Welcome back to another episode of The Untamed Life. It's Christine Jewell, and today I am doing part two of this three-part series on moving from the place of codependency to the place of healthy interdependence inside of relationships. So if you didn't catch the last um podcast episode that I did, definitely go back. If you didn't catch the last video that I did, definitely go back if you're watching this on YouTube, because I think this is such an important and powerful conversation to have. And it just creates a lot of awareness. You know, this conversation is inspired by many, many of the clients I've worked with, inspired by my own journey of fluctuating wildly, <laughs> ping-ponging back and forth in these areas and really learning to navigate what a healthy relationship dynamic looks like, right? And what healthy communication looks like and healthy attachment looks like and uh, healthy boundaries and all of that stuff. Like where do we get to be ourselves, but also be one in relationship without losing ourselves, right? So I want to just dive into Last week, we talked about codependent behavior, right? So if you think about the different stages um, of, of development, you know, the, in the beginning, in the beginning, we are born, right, as little infants, and we are 100% dependent on our mother and our father for every single need to be met, right? The question at the core is, am I safe? Well, like, who's going to feed me, keep me warm, keep me alive, right? And that is the, the infantile stage that's like, I am solely dependent on this external source, for my life, right? If I get left in the crib or if I don't get fed or if I don't get my diapers changed, I mean, I'm going to die over here. And so that, that crazy dependency for survival, it's inside all of us. It's at our most primal base of, you know, being a human from the beginning of time, we have to survive. We need to depend on the earth for food, right? For, for harvest, we need to hunt and gather and all of the things. And so um, that dependency is essential. It's an essential part of our evolution and our progress. Then we kind of move into this other space where we are now starting to become a little bit older, a little bit more autonomous, right? We're starting to realize, oh, I am not just mom. I'm not dad. I actually am my own person and I have my own personalities and I can walk and I can talk and I can, you know, explore things on my own. And so a healthy sort of attachment there at, at that level of development is the, the little toddler who's starting to wobble and walk and explore things and knows that he or she is safe, right? There's a safe structure and place where the toddler can explore 
and still be safe. So there's still a dependency on some level of boundaries, right? Of structure to support that that child, you know, there's a certain playground or a play area that the, the child can roam in. There's that knowing that the child can look back over his or her shoulder and see that mommy's looking at me or dad's got me, right? In case I fall or in case I, you know, wander too far off, I'm not going to be lost and alone in the woods, but I have that sense and that knowing that I, somebody's got me, right? I'm not going to, I'm not alone. And we actually can, I'm, you know, the story time is imagine a little kid on the playground or wherever. And the, the child is playing and maybe playing in the sandbox or running around the playground and the child can laugh. The child can have fun, but there's also some walls, right? There's either a fence or there's some walls there. And as long as the child can see those, like the child knows their boundary that they can play in and they can go and depending on their age, you know, they can go down the slide, they can go on the swings, whatever. And the healthy situation there is the child can see that the parent is sitting maybe on the park bench watching or engaging in some capacity. The, the unhealthy attachment though is where that child has either no boundaries and it's a free for all, right? And there's lots of studies done around this. I may have even shared this, that there was a study done that observed children that were given too much freedom too soon or did not have healthy, uh, structure in place, no boundaries, right? And they were just unattended, maybe neglected, right? Maybe the parents were not available, busy working, whatever. And there was no structure either because it wasn't instilled like, Hey, we just want to be free around here. Um, or it was total neglect. And now all of a sudden the child has to become their own protection. And so what studies showed is that when they put children in these uh, environments in a field and it was wide open with no boundary of where, where they could go or whatever. And the children started to gather together. They would huddle closer together, afraid, not, not afraid, but they wouldn't wander that, that far off, right? They were afraid in the sense of like, Ooh, what's out there? It's too big. It's too vast. It's too unknown. We're going to huddle together. And they didn't move or deviate very far from the central location, even though they had all of this territory, right? To run around in the same study. What they did is they put children in a more enclosed area. There was still a lot of room to play and roam around and be free, but they had a boundary. They had a boundary that they could play in. And what they noticed is that the children that had the structure actually were more free. They explored the far corners. They went on the toys. They were climbing on things and they were running off and exploring and coming back. They knew the limits, right? So they could see the safe structure and they weren't afraid to go out and come back. And so you saw more of this, Hey, I'm going to go out. I'm going to check this out. I'm going to test, but I also know that I'm safe out here and also coming back to the group. I think that's such a cool study and such an example of what a healthy <laughs> container for us or a healthy boundary looks like where we can be our own person. We can be free. We know that we can run and explore at the right stage in life, but it's not so much that we're like, ah, oh, right. And so again, later in life, once you know you're safe and you know how to navigate challenges, you know, we stretch those boundaries wider and wider and wider and the world's your oyster, right? And you can healthy, uh, if we're in the healthy place, we know we can travel far and wide and we're always protected and God's holding that, that space for us. But maybe we were somebody that, you know, 
was not allowed to venture off. Maybe we had a parent that was hyper, like vigilant over us and would never let us go. It was too much control and the confines were too tight, right? We had the hypersensitive, hyper afraid parent, helicopter parents, and they created or instilled a fear in the child that it's dangerous to go out in the world, right? That can also happen. So I'm saying all of this because as we start to look at our patterns inside of relationships, it's interesting to go back and just remember how it was for us <laughs> growing up, right? Like, was I given room and to, and space to breathe, to play, to explore, to have my own little personality and, you know, my own falls every once in a while and get up on my own? Or did I have somebody hovering over me trying to like do everything for me and check in on me 24 seven and make sure that I was okay. And I was still super dependent. <laughs> I was trained to be dependent on someone even when I didn't need to be anymore. Right. I did have the strength to get up on my own. I had the ability to go up and down on the slide on my own or whatever. I didn't need someone else to carry me right from here to there. So I didn't learn how to walk. I didn't learn how to, and I'm using that as a analogy, right? But I was still too dependent on somebody else to get me from A to B right? Or to solve my problems, right? Like I need you to make me happy. I need you to, you know, make me feel better. I need you to soothe me right now. And we weren't taught to soothe. So I, all of this to say that as we start to look at what, what amount of freedom maybe was I given to explore, to have spaciousness, to have room, to grow in a healthy way, you know, how much structure was there also for me to know that I was safe, that I was protected, right? I, I there was going to be a roof of my head and I was going to be safe and I was going to be held. And, and that both things are true, freedom and safety, right? Freedom and structure, independence and dependence, right? That somebody was, was going to catch me if I fell. If we don't have any structure and there's no walls and the parent is totally distracted, not paying attention, you know, when I fall off the side, who's going to, who's going to come and make sure that I'm okay. Right. Or am I safe? Right. And so then we become really afraid of, or either afraid of venturing out or we become hyper independent that says, I'm going to look out for number one, right? I'm going to be the one to look out for me because no one else has got my back. No one else is going to keep me safe. No one else is there to protect me. And so I'm going to go out there into the big wide world, but I have to have my backup and make sure that I'm going to be the one to feed myself, clothe myself, protect myself. You get the drift. So I, I went down this path sharing these different stories right out the gate because when we look at, you know, dependence says I am 100% dependent on the outside source, right? Um, codependence just means the same thing, but doubled, right? Now we have two people in a relationship that are codependent, meaning I rely solely or primarily on someone else as the source, right? The source of the answers, the source of safety, the source of the structure, the source of the direction. And we've already talked about that in the last episode. I uh, shared some actual symptoms and signs that you might be in that codependent state. Today, I took it a little bit further about where that comes from. But if that's what codependence is and total dependence is, then fierce independence, right? The other end of the spectrum is basically like I rely solely on myself 
for the source and everything I need is within me now. And I am my protector and I am the safe one and I am strong enough and I am, I am, I am. And if it's going to be, it's up to me and I can't trust anything else. Right. And so I do believe that there is a time and a part of our development that we need to become independent, but not so far that we run off, off to the other end where we can't trust or depend on anyone else, right? We've got to know, we get to know that, yes, I'm capable of doing this. I'm strong enough. I'm able enough to do this. And also I get to know that other people are there and I can ask for help. I can ask for support. So total fierce independence, especially someone who's been abandoned or neglected or been out on their own, right? Maybe just been on their own since they were super young or whatever, we can all go through this phase where we're just like fierce independence, right? And I can't trust anyone. Interdependence says I rely on myself, right? For, to get my own needs met. I rely on other people, but ultimately I rely on God as the ultimate source, right? So something happens when we recognize that I can both be independent and dependent at the same time. And that's what interdependence is. And the question is really, what do we want to become dependent on? I think the healthy place here is when we recognize that God is ultimately the source of all things, right? The, he controls the uncontrollable. I can't control the wind. I can't depend on the wind or the rain or the storms or whatever. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I can't control that. But if it's hard to depend on the things that are out of my control and I put them into, you know, God's hands. And I also go, okay, where can I depend on friends or family or my loved ones? Right. But what does it look like when I also am able to source these things from within, you know, my confidence and my strength and vision and creativity and all of these things, because I am deeply connected and my dependence is first and foremost on God. So I'm always fed. I'm always nourished. I'm always safe. Then naturally we, the, the, uh, the outward expression is that we seem more <laughs> independent or confident or whatever, but that still comes from an inner, um, beautiful, healthy dependency on God, right? So I know my needs are met and I'm not frantically trying to get my need for affection and love and significance and all of this stuff met on the outside. We're still going to do that to some level because we're human. But interdependence says, you know, there's individuality and there's autonomy, but not at the expense of each other and not at the exclusion of each other, right? Interdependent relationship says, yes, I'm my own person and you are your own person and I have my own belief systems and you have your own belief systems and I have my own thoughts and you have your own thoughts. And the beautiful thing is when we bring the two of us together, it, there's a greater creative expression, right? There's more depth. There's more range. We can create more together because we're bringing all of this to the table and we can begin to honor and appreciate and cherish each other's differences instead of viewing them as threats or being less than each other or whatever. That individuality is such a beautiful part of the interdependent relationship. So one of the things that we know we're moving more and more into this space and we can explore more of it is when we begin to really get curious and interested in who we are, how God made us, you know, who am I as a woman? Who am I as a man? Who am I as an artist? Like all of these different facets of ourselves and who is our partner? Like, who are you? And whether it's your husband or your wife or your child, 
it's something so incredible that happens in relationship when we begin to really get curious to get to know each other. And I know you guys have heard me say this over and over and over again, but that's what interdependence does. It's like, I want to know who you are also, right? What your gifts are, because there's going to be a point in time where I probably need to depend on your gifts, right? Cause I don't have that gift. I was just on a team call with my team and we were talking about, you know, what does success look like for the week and all of our projects that are on the go and stuff. And then I asked, you know, we were working through some things and there were some logistical things coming up. And I'm like, oh, you know, right away I start talking about logistics. I get exhausted. I don't want to think about it. And so I'm like, can you, can you to just take this because this is not my zone of genius. Actually, I'm finding it really exhausting. And so I'm depending on my team members to create the system, the logistical system on the back end, right? So that's, that's still interdependence. I'm dependent on them. Can I do it on my own? Yes. Can I do it as well as they can? Probably not. That's not my gifting, right? But there's other things I can do that they can depend on. So this is really about us being able to get to the point where we have this really healthy dynamic of being able to support each other and depend on each other to operate in our strengths, right? So that we can begin to not necessarily fill the gaps, but amplify the whole, right? If I know I'm good at and gifted in these arenas and that's what I bring to the table and you're good and you're gifted in, in certain arenas and you bring to those to the table, now we're a multiplication territory. And so that individuality and that autonomy are so important and we're not doing it at the expense of each other, meaning that we're competing with each other or that like I'm better than you and we have to transact. We're not doing it to push somebody else out, right? But we're doing it for each other and for ourselves and for the whole. Also, when we look at interdependence, you know, some people, there's been so much talk around like, well, you don't need anybody. And there's whole like, you know, movement around the feminist movement saying, we don't need any men and I don't need a man in my life. I can make my own money. I can do this. I can do that. And Hey, look, yeah, you can. I did right for a long time. But here's what happened is when I was operating in that fierce independent stage, that warrior stage for so long, it was almost always at the exclusion of my partner. Well, I want to go on this trip because I want to, and I don't care if you want to or not, or I don't care if you can come or not because I'm doing it because I want to, and that's what's happening. And right. And so there was a lot of feelings of exclusion, especially when you have two people who are operating like really independently, it might feel like you're on a highway and you might be driving down the road, but you never really cross over. You never really feel the depth of connection because you're both so driven in your own lane. You're both so driven in your own agenda. And that's a beautiful thing sometimes, but we got to be able to cross over and ride together, right? Sometimes the codependent lane is like, nope, we got to do everything together. We have to hold hands 24 seven. We have to think the same things. And if you don't think what I think, there must be something wrong with us. And if you don't believe what I believe that we're in conflict with each other and we can start to see the contrast between the two. So where's the healthy place in the middle where we get to meet in the middle, right? So sometimes I'm driving my lane, Mark's driving in his lane, and then we drive in the lane together ultimately, right? And there's like one bigger lane that's holding us. So I think uh, the beautiful thing here is when we are moving into this place, let's talk about some very specific things is that number one, we honor each other while also honoring the whole, right? We honor who we are as individuals, as 
beautiful humans, we honor the other person, who they are, and we can honor the whole, right? We respect, we have self-respect, right? I'm, it's, it's so crazy how many times we so want the respect from our kids or our husband or our wife or our team, but we are the first one that's disrespecting ourselves. So the first place is like, I got to learn some self-respect, right? And then I can really learn to respect this other person when they say no or what they need or what they're asking me for, what they're sharing, right? There can be mutual respect as well as individual respect and respect for the whole, right? Another piece here is that we know that I have my vision of things, right? I have my own reality of things. They have theirs. And then somewhere in the middle, there's another reality. There's our reality, right? And so this begins to change the dynamic as we begin to have conversations. Maybe there's conversations that otherwise would have been conflict before. We can now get curious, like, okay, well, here's what's coming up for me, what's coming up for you. Here's what I'm thinking and feeling. What are you thinking and feeling? You know, what's coming up for us? What are we thinking and feeling about this together? And we can begin to see that three chord, right? And I think ultimately the thing that keeps that three chord in place, the me, you, us, is really if you guys have a relationship with God that just strengthens that bond so much, I've said this so many times, but it's like super, it's like glue. It's like a bonding agent in your relationship. So the other thing here is I talked about, you know, having our own, um, the, the respect for ourselves and the respect for each other, being able to honor ourselves and each other. That means, you know, sometimes what I want to do and what he wants to do are different and that's okay. Both things can be true, right? We can still like each other and disagree. We can have uh, different opinions and then that's okay too. But there's a continual effort to practice healthy communication, healthy respect, respectful dialogue. So just because I'm angry, now I, I'm not spewing off like, well, you make me angry. You made me do this. You made me say this every, you know, because that would be codependency that's saying I am dependent on you for how I talk. I am dependent on you for my actions. I am dependent on your mood for my mood. So let's be very conscious of how often this comes out of our mouth. And, uh, it's amazing when we start listening to ourselves or listening to other, how often, how others, how often they'll say like, well, they made me right. Yes, we can talk about that's victim consciousness, but codependent relationships really operate in that place of victim savior. And we kind of flip-flop back and forth, right? We, we flip-flop. Sometimes we're the victim and we're the savior and then we switch batons and, and we play the game. And I've done lots of conversations around that. But at the end of the day, it's, it's really we're creating more awareness about where are we in our relationship? How is the, is there the healthy dynamic going on? When we have codependent relationships, we usually are trying to parent each other without knowing it, right? We're trying to parent or dictate to each other or whatever. And again, it's like, are, are we maturing beyond that place that now we're like, oh, right, we don't need to parent each other that way. We can actually just hold space and love each other and, um, you know, let, let the other person flourish, let the conversation, the healthy conversation take place. 
So how are some ways that we can begin to move or some practices that we can put into place when we want to operate more in, in this place of interdependency? And I want to say for those of you listening that maybe are like, oh my gosh, we are so codependent. Like, ooh. I had somebody text me and they were like, oh my gosh, how did it get like this? This is crazy. Like, how have we operated this way for so long? And I'm like, look, you know, this is not uncommon. This is actually very normal in a lot of relationships. And so awareness is always number one. And the beautiful thing is once you have awareness, we are now in full choice of what we want to do, what we want to create moving forward. We can have some awareness around where some of these patterns began. I gave you those stories in the beginning, right? Of the different parenting styles growing up. Um, how we were, right? And once we have that awareness, we don't need to blame anything in the past, but we can begin to choose, first of all, what we want to create now, today, tonight at dinner, tomorrow, right? One day at a time, one conversation at a time. And we can begin to have conversations around this topic and not make it wrong. Like, oh my gosh, how did we get to this point? Right? Again, it's so key that we as we are working together on shifting the name of the game inside of our relationships and at any level, right? Parent, child, teams, husband, wife, is that we don't make the old pattern wrong or whatever. We're just like, you know what? We're not doing it that way anymore. We don't want to live in that place. So here's what we're doing instead. And we don't relish in talking about how did we get to that point? Oh my gosh. And we don't go into that toxic cesspool of just downward spiraling. We have the awareness so we can move forward. So let's talk about some ways that we can move forward. How do we know we're making progress? Well, number one, we see it, right? Number two, we choose something different. Number three, you know, I'm, and again, these are in no particular order, but uh, I've already said this one. So learning to respect and becoming curious about other people's beliefs, other people's opinions inside of our family, our intimate circles, and just giving them space to talk. I had a, a couple over here last weekend for a barbecue. We had a couple couples from the neighborhood, a couple couples. And it was very interesting to observe. There was really some healthy dialogue between husband and wife and stuff like that, sharing different beliefs. And it was beautiful. The amount of respect that this woman held for her husband, I could tell she's like, I don't necessarily agree, but I respect his position. Right. And it didn't have to get like, Ooh, why did you say this? Or what were you thinking? There was literally a holding of the space and you could see her listening to him. And I know her beliefs were not in alignment with his. However, there was not one drip or one ounce of criticism or condescending tone or saying anything negative. It was very edifying and just encouraging. Right. And I think ultimately that's what all of us want, right? That we have a, a we can do that. We can express ourselves without being afraid that someone's going to be judging us or cutting us down or anything like that. And that happens way too often in public. So we can respect and become curious around other people's beliefs or things that disagree and not have to be right or not have to make them wrong or not have to ask them to defend themselves or explain themselves, right? Number two is we don't have to give advice <laughs> unless we are asked, right? We don't have to give unsolicited advice. We get to be aware of, um, you know, is this person wanting advice right now? Let me ask them. Are you looking for advice or are you looking for someone to listen, right? That's the honorable thing. Or, or do you just need to process this out loud, right? Don't give advice unless we're asked. 
Another great thing to practice in this place of interdependence, because I know who I am, I know what I need in this moment, right? Maybe I need to rest and I want to do something nice for you, but I'm tired right now and I don't have any more capacity. And so I can practice saying no. And sometimes we got to say no. And that, again, I said this last week, but that no can be maybe not now or not this way, right? And, um, and that's okay, but you can ask me later or here's how I can do it. And, and there's, a, there's a way that we can both win, right? And, and we can be okay with hearing no. <laughs> we can be okay with hearing no sometimes. Another thing that we know that we're making progress is that we are beginning to release what's not in our control, right? We're beginning to release what's not in our direct control. There are things that we are not directly responsible for, and we are focused on the things that we are in direct control of, like our thoughts, like our emotions, like our actions, like our words, like... I don't know that we're always in control of our emotions, like we'll feel them, but we are in control of how long we stay in the place, right? How much we entertain them, how much energy we give them. So we begin to notice I'm moving into the place of healthy interdependence when I am no longer just fixating on everything that's not in my control, but I can begin to shift gears, come back into my own body, my own heart, my own mind. And remember, I am a different, I'm my own person, right? In my own energy, my own space, my own heart, my own relationship with God. And I could stay here while also loving people where they're at. So um, another two that I just, well, one, one last one that I want to share today is really knowing what brings you joy, knowing what makes you happy, knowing how you work best and knowing what brings your other, you know, your, your child joy or your partner joy and what, you know, what do they really love to do? And then what do we enjoy together? What brings us joy? So you'll notice the common theme throughout this entire episode has been me, you, us, right? The whole, and then the spiritual element there that, you know, it's like not spiritual, but really like as we are serving someone greater than us, who is God, who is the one who brings us together and holds our marriage in his hands, you know, we can say like, what brings God joy, right? Brings God pleasure, right? And to see us (laughs) working together in love, building each other up, you know, keeping peace in our home, bringing life into our children and our communities. That's what brings God joy, right? And so we can begin to shift. There's a great song. I love it. It's like, it's called a little less like me. And it's all about, can I be practice a little more kindness, a little bit more joy, a little bit more peace, um, a little more like Jesus, you know? And I think about that character that can just be like focused on the greater, the greater thing, the greater thing at hand, you know, Jesus, the fruits of the spirit are patience and joy, right? And forgiveness and self-discipline and gentleness. And we, we know them. And And so the question is like, am I living evidence of that, right? Or am I all the opposite of those? Well, if I'm all the opposite of those right now, I'm anger and bitterness and resentment and anxiousness and fear, then I know that something's off, right? I'm depending on something else for my security, for my direction. And it's putting me in this place of turmoil. And that's not where we're designed to live, right? So as we, as we hop today, I hope that I gave you guys a little bit more insight into this place of interdependence and what that gets to look like. And, and I just want to say, I didn't spend a lot of time on the fierce independent, but 
sometimes what happens if we've been really codependent for a long time and we are separating ourselves from those dynamics, maybe they're, um, you know, there's, that's just how you operated for a long time, or you were totally dependent on somebody else. Maybe you're going through a separation or you were dependent on anywhere where you trust was broken. There's going to be a period of time where you pull back, right? There's going to be a period of time where you pull back and you need to find yourself again in a way. And you have to find that independence, meaning that, you know, coming back and recognizing your own thoughts, your own heart, your own emotions, like who you are, what matters to you, what values you have. And being in that place of independence is not a bad thing. We need that, right? And then once we get there, we can begin to, we begin to at the same time shift. We still, we're going to be dependent on something because you're human, but don't stay in that place where I'm the only one I'm going to depend on myself Let's begin to place that dependency first and foremost back on God, on our creator, on our father, who will in turn show us more of who he is and more of who we are. So we begin a healthy attachment to our ourselves and who we are and who he created us to be. We begin a healthy dependency on him for the ultimate source of things that are not in our control and the ultimate source of direction. And from this place, this is really a, a solid ground to build a really beautiful relationship and dynamic with anyone externally. So I, I'm going to leave it there. I think that this is just such an important conversation to have as we continue to move. And it's a process, right? It takes time to shift the environment. And uh, what I could say to someone who is maybe really struggling right now and moving out of that place of crazy codependency and moving into the place of healthy dynamic is, you know, first and foremost, giving yourself a lot of grace, a lot of grace in the process. Don't judge it. Don't make it wrong. You know, it's so tempting to want to beat ourselves up and hear all the voices of doubt and the shaming that goes on in our head. And how could we let this happen? None of that is helpful. So give yourself some radical grace in the process. Be patient in the process, right? Recognize that as you slow down and you get more curious and you just start to get more curious, you'll have more awareness. And then with awareness, you can slowly, one action at a time, begin to make adjustments. And I can't stress that enough is the power of slowing down, slowing down your, the pace that you're moving at you know, get, realigning your expectations that you're not going to do everything the way you used to do it. You're going to start to operate by a different pace. You have to slow down if you want awareness, right? So we're interrupting the familiar patterns. And then once we have the awareness, we can begin to adjust one move, one text, one email, one day at a time. And that's how we do it, right? One move, one day at a time. And every time we move, it's kind of like it's an act of faith. It's an act of devotion because we're now committed to something new, to creating something new. It's an act of patience. And, uh, and this is how it's done, my loves. It's, it's just like a little bit at a time with a lot of awareness, a lot of grace, a lot of courage and faith. And so um, I, I'm going to stop there because I think I, that, was, that was a lot. <laughs> and um, next week we will finish this three-part series by... I really hope that you were able to gather some some really good juice out of this podcast. If this resonated with you and you have been in this process, I'd love to hear from you. You know, come on over to Instagram at the Christine Jewel doc or at the the Christine Jewel. Drop me a line. Let me know what came through today. You know, I, I do pay attention to all of my messages 
If you want to actually have support in going through this work, I offer private coaching and mentoring as well as a group program called the initiation to really help you, you know, drop the armor, drop the past, heal some of those wounds so that we can begin to have healthy communication, healthy identity, healthy relationship dynamics. You guys can click on the link below, follow the link to apply to work with me, and uh, we'll reach out to you with next steps. And as always, thank you for listening. Feel free to share this with somebody who needs to receive this message. Until next time, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable, heart-shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, Warriors, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.